Welcome to Mommy Heal Thyself. We feature guests who provide you with the tools, resources, and strategies you need to say no to a life of pain and suffering from all forms of preventable disease, toxic drugs, and unnecessary surgeries. We hope to inspire you to boldly reclaim your ability to heal and to serve the ones you love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. And Madam Sophia wants to join us today for this episode. In any case, we are going to be talking about homeopathy and getting to the understanding of the really the grassroots of healthcare that you can use with the entire family that is actually legitimately safe and effective, 100% safe and effective. In any case, today I have with me the lovely Tanya Kell, and she is the president of the North American Society for Homeopaths and she leads the Nashville School of Homeopathy. Her passion is in community building, and that's why we connected at the latest Children Health Defense Conference that just occurred uh, last week, because right now we are in November of 2023 when we're doing this. So that is where we met, and she is passionate about community building and natural living. She comes from generations of women who don't follow the rules. We know what that's like, right, ladies? And she loves it. She loves to be a troublemaker. Yay! <laughs> In any case, welcome, welcome, Tanya. How are you today? Doing great, and I'm super happy to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get into the nuts and bolts of it, Tanya. Share with us a little bit about what is homeopathy, what brought you into the world of homeopathy, and who are the people that you are working with mostly these days? Yep. So I was raised by an alternative mama Yay. without uh, allopathic care. She had been a nurse and left that world and trained herself as an herbalist and um, raised us on her garden and uh, home-baked bread and herbal medicine. And when I was a teenager and didn't quite know what to do with myself, I hopped a plane to San Francisco, California, uh, which all good hippie kids do, I guess, at some point in their lifetime. <laughs> and um, I found a job as a nanny. And the person I was nanny for had been to a homeopathic college and uh, handed me a book my first day in her house as a 19-year-old. This is what I do. And I loved it. I read the whole book my first day in her house mm -hmm. and I apprenticed with her a little bit. And when the first school opened that welcomed uh, people into professional practice without a previous medical license, mm -hmm. I joined that school and um, graduated in 1993. And I was still very young and not ready to take responsibility per, for people's lives in healthcare. So I went to school again in mm -hmm. Arizona. And then when I felt like um, I could safely take care of people, I went into homeopathic practice. So what is it that drew you to the world of homeopathy at such a young age? What is it that resonated in that book? Um, it talked about um, the, the beauty of what it is to be human and mm -hmm. the inherent perfection of our bodies that, um, you know, it integrated spirituality with the physical and that the two are not separate. Mm -hmm. um, they are continually interacting and our bodies are um, 
a good measure or speaker for what's going on with us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually uh, as we interact with the physical world as spiritual beings. Wow, that's such a powerful message. And it goes contrary to everything that society tells us today. You know, we're told that basically God got everything wrong, you know, and something is always wrong with, with your body. And we're always seeming to be in conflict, you know, so you have the war against cancer, or the war against this, the war against that. So to hear this message about the beauty of the human frame and the beauty of that process is, ah, I can see why it resonated with you. But tell us a little bit more about what exactly is homeopathy? So the basic principle is that a substance what it can do to you in overdose, in, in toxic form or in too much when you don't need it. Um, if you overdose somebody with anything, you'll produce symptoms in the body. Mm. And so whatever those symptoms are, are actually what that medicine will cure when those symptoms naturally occur in a, in a person. So symptoms are simply the alarm signals. I am out of balance. I am depleted. I am stressed. I've been poisoned. You know, I've, um, my, I've been weakened in some way. I need some help. Hmm. When you need help, your body produces symptoms to act, ask for help. And in homeopathy, we read those symptoms in detail as carefully as we can. What's your body asking for? What thing in nature um, will support it to get back into balance and harmony? Uh, so we conduct what are we call provings, where there are homeopathic drug trials, where we find the healthiest people we can, mm -hmm. and we give them a, a medicine over and over and over until they produce symptoms. They react back against it. Hey, mm -hmm. what are you doing? And those there's particular patterns that that group of people will get a pattern of symptoms and we carefully record it. And then when we see a sick person that has that pattern, mm -hmm. we match the two. And that, that matching of energies, that matching of patterns of symbolism um, stimulates the healing mechanism in the body to recover itself. So whether that happens through quantum physics or nanoparticles, we're not sure yet. We're doing a lot of research to figure out mechanism of action. Um, being a clinician, I don't delve too deeply into that. We all know that um, homeopathy can be practiced in other ways. You put, that's how Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or grief support groups, et cetera. It's people in similar states resonating with each other and helping the healing process to happen. So this is a medicine resonating with your state, mm -hmm. helping the healing process to happen. So what type of people come to homeopaths? I mean, what is it that resonates with them? What are, what are some of the experiencing, experiencing experiences that they're having that leads them to your path? Um, typically, it's either the one who has tried everything else and is now willing to try homeopathy just because they're desperate, mm -hmm. or it's um, the more like hippie background. Like I want to do something natural. I believe in the spirituality of the earth and the plants. I want to live in harmony. Um, and uh, they've rejected the pharmaceutical model. Mm -hmm. So we have the two extremes and we're starting to fill in the middle where 
um, holistic thinking and therapies are much more part of the national conversation. Yeah. Um, and people are coming for acupuncture and herbalism and functional medicine, and they're trying to give up drugs. But homeopathy is that big leap um, because we don't believe in chemically manipulating the body. Mm. We the body has the resources to heal itself if it's getting good nutrition, good air, and good exercise. And what all we're doing with the homeopathic remedies is giving it the information and the support it needs to maximize its own ability to fix itself. You know, that is what I think resonated with me, with the world of homeopathy, you know, very similar to what I do with naturology. And what I tell people is that it's a very fundamentally different paradigm because the paradigm that you and I are working with is the understanding that there's nothing wrong with the body. There's no need to manipulate it and fix it and whatever. Really and truly, it's about finding that resonance, finding a messaging. That restoration is the word that we use. We're exactly. Restoration and, and listening and understanding when the body is communicating what it needs. You know, so I love that. And then, you know, the other thing that actually drew me to the world of homeopathy, uh, because I started this when I was very young and I had children and I was just tickled pink to find a form of medicine that was safe for children, that I didn't have to freak out and worry about whether or not it was going to do something to my kids. Because even when you're dealing with herbs, herbs can be very potent. You know, you can't just use herbs willy nilly with children, but homeopathy is a completely different world. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And even, even when we talk about our pets, so, you know, children and pets, you know, tell us some more about that. Right. It's fun to treat children and pets because they um, have no preconceived ideas about what's supposed to be happening mm -hmm. and they just respond. And so if you've given the right medicine, they get better fast and forget they were ever ill. And that's just a wonderful thing to see in process. So, um, you know, anything can be abused by a confused or uneducated user. Mm -hmm. And we do see a little bit of that in homeopathy. Really? Thankfully, the medicines are not um, chemically toxic. So you're, you can't actually poison somebody, but they do stimulate the body and, and ask it to respond to them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're stimulating the body in the wrong way or for the wrong reasons, and you keep doing it over and over to a weakened system, you can um, make someone go out of balance further. Mm -hmm. So you will actually uh, cause um, an irreversible disease process, you won't kill anybody or anything. But when you're looking at the subtleties um, and shoot, I didn't turn my phone off and I <laughs> I hope it doesn't beep on our um, call, but uh, you know, we ask people to be prudent in what they're doing and to really think critically when using homeopathic medicines, even though the danger is almost non-existent. Mm -hmm. um, we want to raise people's consciousness about what they're doing and what needs to be treated and what doesn't because allopathic medicine wants to treat everything it can sell as many drugs as possible. And so we're starting to get conditioned to give drugs for normal processes. And we never want to do that. We want to trust the body and only give 
medicine when it's struggling. If it's not struggling and it's doing the process right, and we just need to hang out mm-hmm. and rest and drink some fluids, let's do that. Wow. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that in terms of what are some of the common mistakes that you see people make with regards to their health and wellness? So you were talking uh, so about- generally, yeah. Yeah, it would be with chronic illness, um, trying to treat that yourself without getting an outside perspective hmm. um, because it's complex disease. Mm. and um yeah I don't know how to turn off my phone interesting uh and you just need someone with an objective view mm-hmm. to really get all of the um the right symptoms in the right way in the right context so because there's not a this for that you can't say I have MS, so I'm going to take this, or I have hypothyroid, so I'm going to take that. Mm-hmm. It's individualized medicine, mm-hmm. um, and you just need an objective view and someone to um, let you speak freely and fully and deeply, and kind of hold space for you to tell your whole story. Wow. So, what are some things that you listen to or look for as you're starting to identify the layers of a chronic illness? So we want to find out how it started, how and when it started. So we're starting to see babies come into the world with problems. So then we have to talk to the mom and get the genetic history and work with that. Um, But a lot of people, they were like, I was going along fine. I was very healthy until this. I had this particular illness that I treated with drugs. And then that was like falling down the stairs. Or um, I had a big life event um, that I that was was devastating, and this is how I felt, and this was what went on for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so how it began, and then how it evolved. What did you feel like at first, and then what symptoms got added in over time? So we take a timeline, we we take a personality profile, and we take very specific symptom things. So if you have migraines, what part of the head, what time of day, Mm. what makes it worse? um, What makes it better? Do you have vomiting along with it, Mm. et cetera? So it's not just, I have migraines kill my pain. It's, I have this particular migraine Mm. um, in this particular way. So I love what you're saying, the, the detail that you go into. And I say something very similar that, you know, if there are five people who are diabetic, the way that I approach it would be different for all the five, each of the five individuals. And so do you sometimes find that people are, how can I say? Uh, we live in such a microwave society, you know, where everything has to be done now. And and that is one of the, the draws of quote unquote, the medical world. You know, if you take a Tylenol, poof, the headache, quote unquote, goes away. So do you find that sometimes you're working with people and there's that, that, that kind of impatience with the process and, and what that certainly happens with more complex chronic illness, Mm. because it took a lifetime to get there. And it even maybe took generations to get there. Mm. And um, so that, that takes a longer time to unfold, but in acute emergency situations, homeopathy actually does very well. 
Really? Um, especially mamas love it with their children. You know, they get um, a severe fever or, or a, you know, children get sick really fast. They yeah. also can respond to a remedy really yeah. fast and not be sick again within hours. Mm -hmm. So um, I can give an example of myself uh, where I had um, a sore throat mm -hmm. and I was, had fever and weakness and couldn't swallow and was like, lying on the bathroom floor just to get some coolness from the tile because mm -hmm. <laughs> like really sick and um took a medicine and went immediately went to sleep and four hours later it was completely gone like I had never had a sore throat and since I didn't have a lot of history of antibiotic use or poor food or anything like that mm -hmm. I actually never got another sore throat for over 20 years hmm. so let's delve into that what do you think was happening when you took that remedy and then you went to sleep and then you woke up and the sore throat was gone? What do you think the remedy was doing to facilitate that process? I actually have no idea. It gave my body a piece of information. I went into that sleep rest state deeply. Mm -hmm. um, it did its thing, whatever bodies do to fix themselves. And I woke up full of energy and completely pain-free and, you know, alert and felt great. So, wow. Well, I, I think that really and truly it's accentuating and it's providing support for that natural healing system that is within us. And right. a lot of times, you know, when we have sore throat and things of that nature, it's really just our body saying, look, you need to slow down, shut your mouth, <laughs> stop talking, go to sleep. <laughs> so that I can do what I need to do and heal you. So I mean, yeah, so we don't kill germs. We don't go to war with germs. We uh, don't have any issue with germs. Yeah. We talk about the internal climate. If your body is not an inviting receptacle, mm -hmm. then those germs are not going to overgrow and they're not going to aggressively cause symptoms. They can just hang out there with you. You can live peacefully um, with all sorts of things and adapt well to whatever you have in your environment. I, I love that you say that because, you know, it, it really irritates me when people talk about, well, you got good bacteria and bad bacteria. It's like, oh God, uh, uh, uh. Because then, you know, it just sets up that whole paradigm, like I said, of we got to go to war with the bacteria. And that is so contra everything when we are coming from this perspective of homeopathy, of being in alignment with the body, being alignment with the natural healing process, being alignment with the frequencies that resonate, that give the body the messaging that it needs to be able to say, ah, okay, I got this. I got this. I got you. Good to go. Now, you said something interesting. You said that some of the disease processes are generational. Can you tell us more about that? That's rather scary. Well, uh, we all know about generational trauma, mm. epigenetics, mm. Um, family characteristics, straight genetics, et cetera. Mm. So um, diseases your grandparents may have had or great grandparents or even extreme traumas that they may have had. Mm -hmm. uh, changes the epigenetic information that's handed down um, through the family line. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that needs to be considered that you are carrying 
the the generational karma or or generational need to be healed and that you can be the person that will um heal that wound and not pass it on to the generations going forward can you give us an example um well in my family my grandmother was jewish and was uh in a concentration camp for seven months and um never spoke of it never told anybody you know she emigrated to brazil after world war ii Mm -hmm. and it was her secret told my dad when he turned 18 the family secret that she was a jew which he had no concept you know he was like well we live in a jewish neighborhood and i go to a jewish private school you know what's the big deal and he didn't really understand for many years what the big deal was um so that sort of uh you just pick up and carry on and you don't even acknowledge that something happened, you compartmentalize it and put it in a box mm-hmm. that can lead to um, certain psychological things in, in the generations below. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely see that in myself as you just automatically defaulting to that behavior mm-hmm. of you just suck it up and you keep going and you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you expect everybody else to suck it up and keep going. Hmm. There's no context in my lifetime for that. We were all about communication and kindness and uh, helping each other. And, you know, why do I act that way? Mm-hmm. And so in my healing journey, I had to connect to my, that ancestor to see, ah, you know, this hardness in me, this inability to be compassionate mm-hmm. um, when I'm in a healing profession yeah. was generational it it wasn't it's not a personal defect in my character mm-hmm. it's a healing that I needed to take care of for my ancestors and for you know the future wow that's beautiful so now can you tell us a little bit more about what are what is it that you're working on now what is the resource that we can tap into to connect us to this world of homeopathy So there's a lovely organization called Homeopathy Help Network. Hmm. And this uh, group came together during the pandemic to um, help people uh, who are at home sick. And so you can get acute care for things like colds, coughs, flus, earaches, bladder infections, all that stuff. Hmm. Um, You just send in an email and request a homeopath to help you and help you find remedies. Um, And then they also have a referral network for if you need help with a chronic illness, Mm -hmm. or if you wanna find a homeopath for your whole family. So the North American Society of Homeopaths are well-trained professionals. And I had the little QR code at our meeting um, at the Children's Health Defense so that you can find homeopaths that way. But if you just want to dip your toe in the pond and see what it's like to work with the homeopath um, and you have an acute illness, Homeopathy Help Network, um, which is homeopathyhelpnow.com, is a great way to try that out. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to hire a homeopath and jump right in, then go to homeopathy.org or go through the Homeopathy Help Network and they will find you a well-trained homeopath to guide you in caring for yourself and your family. 
And we're going to put those links in the show note for you guys. So don't worry about, oh my God, I can't remember everything she said. Don't worry about it. Just look below and you'll see the links and you'll be able to go to that site. Now, what is one book or TED Talk or mentor that has truly influenced your life? So the first book I read about homeopathy was Medicine of the New Man by George Vithoulkis, who was a Greek homeopath who helped revive homeopathy in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were lots of other books around that that kind of helped me with the holistic view and the spiritual view of medicine and, and people. I mean, of course, my family background, but um, I love the book Behaving as if the Life as if the God in all life mattered. So Michelle Small Wright wrote a book, Behaving as if the God in all life mattered. Wow. Um, and I, I loved that book. Mm. So now, is there anything that I should have asked that I didn't ask something that you think is very vital for our audience to know? Um, if they want to learn to do homeopathy for themselves and their families, it's great to start a little study group. It gets everybody out of the house. You socialize, you have some cookies and you talk about homeopathy and you get out a home study book and you read a chapter on childhood ear infections and you talk about what's gone on with your kids and what you tried and what worked, that sort of thing. So homeopathy really, um, especially in the United States was a bottom up uh, revival where the moms, took it into their own hands because the doctors dropped the ball and weren't doing it anymore. And so the families and the individuals got out their books and got together and hashed it out together. We now have really excellent educational institutions for everybody, Mm -hmm. but that home study model is still viable and um, economical and fun. That is exciting. I didn't, I've never thought of that, but that's an awesome idea. So ladies, please take her up on her offer and consider getting a book and start a little homeopathy study group. You can do so much when we come together. In any case, thank you so very much for joining us today, Tanya. And ladies, we will see you again in the next episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. Peace and blessings. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. If you like what we're doing here, please share, subscribe, like us, and leave a comment. Your feedback is very much appreciated.